Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. Uh, what happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, my laptop was up there, too. <laughs> uh, okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager. Today, I want to talk about... Pete, your... heads up. We've been hacked. What happened? My password is my birthday. Everyone knows that. February 14th. Why would everyone... I don't get how these people figure this stuff out. I think I do. Have you ever updated it? Yes, I changed it to Valentine's Day. Okay, we're protected with connection security services. You just got to be more careful, Pete. Okay, yep. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with connection. Ryan Ray and Ben Samuels present Bring in the Closers, a podcast on making deals and doing business. Welcome to the inaugural first starter, beginner, kickoff episode of Bring in the Closers podcast with your boy Ryan Ray and some guy named Ben Samuels. Ben, I, I, I got to be honest here. I think I've, you always talk about set the expectations, but um, I put out on LinkedIn before the show was announced that I was doing a show with a living legend and now that they know who it is, I might have set the bar too high. Yeah, you, you definitely went with the uh, over-promise, and I'm going to try to deliver, but uh, I'm going to try not to under-deliver here, but no, I, I appreciate the promo nonetheless. Um, th- those are some hefty and, and lofty expectations, but you know, you, you did, uh, I don't know if you sent it on LinkedIn, but you did have me, or my face at least, on Mariano Rivera's body, so <laughs> that's a good start. I mean, hey, listen, if I, if, I can, if I can be like him, you know, we're, we're off to a good start. I thought it should have been apparent to everyone that I was the living legend and that when I do a podcast, I do it with myself. You know, I'm a, the living legend is here, but I guess people didn't figure out that uh, it was me. But anyways, it's good to be here. Good for this first episode of hopefully many, many more to come. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about deals, how we think about them, how we do them, um, all kinds of things. But Ben, let's kind of start off with who the heck is Ben Samuels, who the heck's Ryan Ray, and why are we doing this show? So I'll let you... Uh, have the fair way, as you'd like to say. I'm just a pretty face. I'm just here to make you look good, man. That's it. <laughs> no, uh, a little bit of uh, background on me. Uh, born and raised in Houston, so I'm, I'm Texas born. I went to uh, Northeastern University out in Boston for undergrad, and then I went to a post-BA program in Gunnison, Colorado, at Western State for uh, professional land and resource management. Finished that up in, uh, I guess, late 2013. Came down the Midland in the perfect time, March or April, I guess it was, of 2014. Right, we were hitting about $30 oil. Uh, worked a contract for Endeavor in-house for a little bit, doing some uh, cessation of production reporting, as well as working on that trade that they did back in 2014-15 with XTO. And then uh, parlayed that into uh, some more contract work with Arrington Oil and Gas based out of Midland. And they were... Uh, they're the ones drilling up the uh, the Midland area under the city there. So I worked on their, uh, that project for about three, four years in an acquisition capacity for them. Uh, le- learned a ton, started doing some deals on the side, you know, being having boots on the ground in Midland. And I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, always looking for the next challenge, always looking to make things happen. Always seem to have my fingers in a bunch of different pies, which I'm 
sure you and I will get to get into as we uh, we get into the podcast more and more. But uh, you know, through that, just kind of got my appetite wet for uh, for putting these deals together in the energy space, and have also been able to put a couple of uh, deals together in in other uh, niche markets as well. But uh, uh, you know, I went independent. Let's see about. I guess about two, two and a half years ago. So, so not very long ago, but was able to put a number of mineral deals together. And then over the last year or so, I've really started to focus more and more of my attention on uh, you know, while the minerals is still uh, paying the bills, as they say, uh, working in uh, land and you know, surface land and water, some of the midstream uh, you know, facing uh, niches. And, and so I'm just kind of trying to find uh, what, you know, where the market's taking me, being flexible and, and putting these things together and having fun while doing it. Maybe even... Uh, you know, selling some South African uh, pipe if we can get our hands on it. There we go. There we go. And it's, it's, it's funny. One of the things I like about the show is, is we're kind of polar opposites. So I didn't graduate college. I started the industry in 2005 at an entry-level position at the company that I now own. Uh, and so we kind of have different paths for, for how we got here. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I've always enjoyed doing is putting together deals. Now, for a long period of my career, I really wasn't in a position to always make that happen. I could kind of help people set them up, but, you know, having a boss and, you know, my boss was my father, so get that out the way in case there's any confusion. But sometimes he'd kind of let me pursue things and sometimes he wouldn't. And, but it wasn't really our core business. So I kind of had to fall within uh, what I was allowed to do, but I was able to facilitate some things, but it's something that I really enjoy doing. And one of the things I think when you talk about, you hear a lot of talk about, um, you know, finding your passion today and being an entrepreneur and stuff like that. And, you know, you, you know, you mentioned off-market stuff, so I'm, I manage um, fighters, and, and right now I have a deal with my fighters. If they make below a certain threshold, I don't take a, I don't take a salary, I don't take a mission, don't take a cut, anything. Um, and all my fighters, I don't have any big name fighters, are all under that threshold, which means that all the deals I do with them are basically free. But I'd be lying if I said I didn't absolutely love getting the text message. Hey, do you have a fighter for this? Do you have a fighter for that? Do you have something for this? Um, and and part of it is, and we're getting this more later, is that when you're putting together a deal to use that term to me it feels like you're trying to find people who have a mutual interest to do things whereas in sales you're trying to convert someone to your product or service uh, and that's what's so um that's what that's what's exciting is I, I like working with people on that kind of a scale and it's not 100 people you're trying to manage it's just two three five seven people um, and as you mentioned, we have some South Africa stuff that uh, I've been able to, to secure and that was a fun process and going through that process. So I'm sure we're getting all that stuff more as you mentioned. Um, but it is interesting. That's one of the reasons I was excited about doing the show is that you are, you know, like 17 college degrees and, you know, born in Texas and, you know, you're, you're a one percenter, you know, I'm just a redneck from Louisiana who's just trying to scrape by. So it's, uh, it's good for the audience to see both sides of the coin. No, yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand, uh, you know, see where you're coming from. And absolutely, I think really what it comes down to for me is I think that if, you know, someone in a sales role or, or, or you know, when you're looking at things from a sales prism, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at results-based point of view and you're looking at, you know, what have you done for me lately and what does the bottom line look like and how much money have I made? And, and honestly, Ryan, I think that all of those, those are all the wrong questions. I think that those, those are the questions that get you in the most trouble as opposed to, you know, who can I call to do X, Y, or Z? Who knows the most about X, Y, or Z? You know, if I need to find something, where can I go find that? And developing the relationships with the right people that have the right capacity to help you. And, and, and you know, similarly, you can step in and help them when able. I think that's where the wins happen. And that's where the quote unquote sales happen. And so when you have people that are like 
burning and churning on the phone. You know, and I'm not going to go on a, on a, a tangent here, but one of the things that you know that I'm sure you see is just as much as me on you know these sites like LinkedIn is these uh, you know sales guys saying, oh, you know, I made a hundred calls a day, or I'm not going to leave the office until I make a hundred calls a day. And you know, to me. I've done, you know, I, I sold cruises uh, for a major uh, cruise broker over the phone. I've done door-to-door -door sales. I was a credit card processing sales agent. I've done word-of-mouth marketing. I've done the MLMs. And so, I mean, I've done, you, you name a sales position, I've done it. And to be honest with you, the, the people that are looking at it from a, I need to make 100 calls a day mentality, they're, they're, losing, they're losing the battle, number one. But I think they're massively missing the point, number two. Uh, you know, it sounds cheesy. It sounds generic. But honestly, Ryan, it, this all comes down to I want to work harder or I want to work smarter, not harder, right? I want to work smart. I don't necessarily need to do the grunt work. I want to look at a deal and I want to look at a prospect and I want to look at something from an aerial view and see how it makes the most sense to put it together and then see how I can add value to that equation and then find the other pieces of the equation to put the thing together and make everybody happy. And I think that a lot of times when you're looking at it from a results-based standpoint, you lose the focus on what the end goal is because you're so, you're so focused on getting to the finish line that you're not worried about the process. You're just worried about the result. Yeah, I would agree with most of that. The only, the only thing I would slight caveat is, is I think that's what makes the deal brokering business more advantageous is you don't have to do those things. If you're in a conventional sales position, um, part of the frustration is it's hard to find people to partner with you because your flexibility. If you're selling computers, you know your flexibility on your computer sales isn't as wide ranging as it is if me and you're trying to broker a deal for um, some mineral acquisition or something like that. So it. So I, I agree with the the general sentiment, but I, I do think it's. Um, what I, what I would say to that, Ryan, is you're you're absolutely right. It's a different context, but the way that I look at that, and this is something that I actually picked up in vector marketing, uh, they sell Cutco Cutlery. I'm sure some of the listeners have probably gone through that program. One of the things that I learned from one of my division managers while going through that programming, and it's just, it's stuck in my mind, is that every person on earth, everybody that you ever meet, is tuned in to the radio station, W-I-I-F-M. W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me? <laughs> and so even if you're talking to somebody, if you're talking to any kind of stakeholder, whether it be, you know, the person that opened the door when you knocked on the door because you're door-to-door sales or, you know, a vendor, any, any of these people, when you're talking, you, again, when you're talking through the prism of I'm going to make a hundred calls a day, that's not addressing how the other person on the other end of the line is hearing you. Are they hearing the fact that they're one out of a hundred every day? And if, and if so, are they going to want to do business with the person that's making a hundred calls a day because they're probably getting lost in the shuffle or they get pa passed off to somebody else. Right. And so going back to the point of making the, the relationships, you're absolutely right that it's a different context, but I would argue, you know, and granted Companies, certain companies have quotas and all those kind of things, and that's a whole different conversation. But if you're looking at being as effective as possible and making the most money as possible, both as a sales rep and for your company, I would argue that making 15 really good quality phone calls and maybe four connections out of those 15 calls is going to way outpace making 100 calls and maybe only have you know talking to one person that that takes interest and so it's a numbers game but it's but but in the context of relationships so i i, I agree with you but i think there's ways around, to navigate around those la those landmines if you will yeah um yeah no no major quibbles there i think there's there's some nuance we could we could probably 
should probably uh, break it all day. But let's talk about a deal that I closed. Um, God, I guess it's been about two months ago. And it's what led us here today. And the deal started like this. I had a mutual friend of ours say, hey, there's this guy named Ben Samuels. And uh, he's kind of like you. He's got his hands in a lot of different pies. And he's kind of a go-getter type. And he's pretty overrated. But all things considered, he's a good guy. Uh, and so he goes, I'm going to make an introduction. And then, I don't know, a couple weeks go by and Ben Samuels texts me says, hey, I'd like to meet. Now, I have this information equipped. And so my response to you was, let's do what? Let's go to a baseball game. Let's go to a baseball game, right? Now, that was that was very strategic on my part. I wanted to make sure that this is someone who I've been told by someone I trust has value. They they um, they, they know what they're doing. They're kind of competent. I could have I could have picked dinner, but I picked baseball game because that's a little bit more of an intimate setting. It's going to get us there probably a lot longer than dinner is. Um, and you know, baseball games, barring the rare exception, are very. I mean, they're they're loud at points, but they're not over. They're not. Um, it's not three and a half hours, or you can't hear yourself talk. Uh, I mean, we would have some, you know, when the walkout music comes up. So, I, for me, when I when I had that first meeting with you, I set that up as okay. I need to put this as a prospect that I want to um, see where it goes and what are our opportunities. And when we left that night, I felt like we had had a lot of time to talk. We had had a lot of time to um, to kind of get past the the superficial. Hey, how are you? Good. You know, what do you like? You know, married, wife, kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we actually got into some some interesting d- d- discussions, um, and I, I think, even if, if from my standpoint, if we would have left that night and nothing would have happened other than I had a good time at a baseball game, I had laid the foundation that, um, at least in your mind, hopefully, that I valued your time and I respected you as a industry professional, and maybe we just become friends or maybe we never talk again. I don't know, but but I tried to do everything I could up front. And sometimes I think as you're talking about getting lost in the mix, we kind of we kind of forget that mentality of, okay, if you're going to meet with someone important or you think they're important, you need to make sure that you're setting up the best chance for success. And that might be a Starbucks coffee because of time limitations. I'm not knocking that. But you need to think through what is the, the in this case scenario, how do I lay down a foundation to hopefully make this person feel like they're valuable? And, and sometimes I think we, we, we lose that in, uh, in, in the industry. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the message that you tried to send was, was heard loud and clear. It, it was absolutely notable. Uh, you know, that, that was one of a very select handful of times that I've been invited to something else that wasn't just, you know, a dinner or coffee, not to knock those, but it, you know, it, it was obvious. I don't know if, if, or, and, or how you knew that I liked baseball, but it just so happened that I've been, I had no idea, no idea. Know, huge baseball fan. And then we figure out obviously that we're both Red Sox fans. And so it all kind of clicked from there. Uh, but no, I, I think that that's hugely valuable. And I think that a lot of times it's, it's kind of, again, it's kind of lost in the shuffle. One of the things that I tell people all the time, and I, t- I think I talk about probably too much, um, is you know I try to do everything in my life with intention. And what I mean by that is I don't do a lot of things just because or you know if I'm doing something and if I've committed time to something, it's with intent. I'm, I'm you know. I always try to be 100% locked in and zoned in. And, and a lot of times, you know, so if you hadn't been, you probably would have just invited me for coffee. And then we would have talked for 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. And, you know, yeah, there probably would have been some some synergy. And, and you know, we, one of us might have, fought, you know, might have fought, uh, followed up with the other one the following week. And maybe we would have talked about the stuff that, you know, that we've gone through. But the fact that you took the time not only to – you know, give it some thought to what we were going to do. But then also the fact that you gave, you know, you gave me your time that night for a few hours, was hugely valuable. 
Um, you know, and I think even, you know, that night, I think we talked about two or three of the deals that we currently are working on together. I mean, so, so there was substantive uh, value. And, and I think it's important to bring that up that also, I think you and I both came to that game with kind of a, a somewhat of a checklist of, okay, so if the conversation goes this way, we can talk about this. If the conversation goes this way, we'll talk about this. But, but it wasn't like we were coming in blind, just like, hey, how's it going? Let's, let, let's grab a couple of beers. I mean, th there was an intent of, I've got this person's attention, I've got this person's time, and so I'm going to make it so that that's valuable for, for both of us. And the best way to do that is to come prepared and, and, and be ready to take it to the next step. And I think that that's, that's one of the reasons that you and I, I think work so well and play off each other so well is because we get that. And I think even though that's such a simple concept in, in theory, you know, in practice, it seems like that's pr you know, pretty difficult to impl implement a lot of times. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, I think um, one of the things that I've tried to adopt over the years is listening to what the other person is saying. And then either a, if I hear the same thing from a sales perspective, I hear the same thing over and over again. I, I prepare myself for um, what are they saying and why are they saying it? Because sometimes you'll say something and what you really are agitated about or concerned about is is not really how you word it. So, um, but then if, if 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 I'm not dealing with that kind of talk, I'm dealing with this regular talk. What are they saying? So if you're saying, hey, I met with or I know someone or I do this or I do that, my mind instantly goes to, is there anything in my realm possibly? that I have that would be of value to the person I'm talking to or that they might can bring value to me. Now, I want to be careful. You know, if I met you three minutes ago and you say, you know, President Trump or you're hanging out with the governor or, or you know, or, or you're hanging out with the CEO of Kinder Morgan or where, whatever the crazy the crazy thing is, I'm not going to pop you for a meeting right then, right? But I'm sitting there back in my mind going, okay, how, how do I work that in? Um, if it's something a lot more simple, like, oh, yeah, I was working on this deal the other day and I was slipping some, some minerals, then I might I might be a little bit more more pressing, like you said, have this checklist ready. But but listening to what's being offered um, with the understanding that you may you may say 30 things that may have no value to me at this, at this point in time. But that doesn't mean that in three weeks from now, it won't have value for me because I might meet someone else who needs something that you offer. And sometimes it seems like we're so ready to pitch what we have. We don't really realize um, what the other person has to offer. And if you're going to be in the business of closing deals, you have to know what everyone brings to the table or what they're willing to work on to bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. You know, honestly, I can tell you without a doubt, my favorite meetings, the, the meetings that I have the most fun in are the ones that I talk the least if the other person has has come to me and is is talking to me about what they need from me and how I can bring them value and how I can step into what they're doing and help them close a deal or, or, or whatever you know how whatever value that I'm bringing to that that that's what gets me going in the morning that's what I enjoy the most and that's why I think that that putting these deals together organically and genuinely is something that like falls in this sweet spot of you know the skill set that I have but also that I really enjoy because I mean, putting those things together and understanding that is not something that you know. I think that that's unique, I guess. Uh, you know, but absolutely. Yeah, one of the things, and we're gonna cover a lot of stuff on this podcast, and so we'll kind of hit a few more highlights than um, get ready for next week's show. But one of the things, I guess, there's a couple things here I wanted to hit on. The, the, the first thing I think is um, right now we're in a culture where you know you hear a lot of pressure to be your own CEO, to be uh, your own entrepreneur, your own business owner, and. And that's all fine and well. Um, I don't think that's for most people, but for some, it definitely is. But in the deal-making business, this is where I think a lot of these people who are promoting this entrepreneurial mindset are missing. 
And what I would submit to you, Ben, is is that if more of these talking heads were saying, hey, instead of trying to be your own entrepreneur, you can make cash by sending leads to people who do have those connections. We're always looking for leads. We're always looking for uh, new avenues. We're always looking for things. And the people that have them are probably the folks that don't even realize that they have these type of opportunities. We were talking a few weeks ago about how is it that you make someone aware of exactly what it is that you're looking for? Because you meet people all the time, but it's easy when me and you meet because we understand the, the pretense of what this meeting is. But when you're meeting with someone who's not in that mindset, um, there's actually a lot of opportunity out there for most people to capitalize on to make side income, if you will, um, by this information they have just sitting there rattling, rattling around their brain. They don't even know it's value to, to them. So how do you work on ex- informing people saying, hey, you know what, instead of worrying about going starting your own business, you could probably actually make a good quote-unquote side hustle by just – just turn over information for referrals and, you know, cuts of deals and things like that. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's an uphill battle from the first, from day one, because if, you know, if you're somebody, let's say that you're, you know, you're a, a landowner in West Texas, you own some minerals, you don't, you know, you don't work in the energy business though. So you don't have a lot of contacts. Um, you're, you're probably used to getting offer letters for your minerals all the time and in general. And I know, you know, me sitting in this seat, it's, it's probably a tough pill to swallow for some people to hear this, but in general, most of the mineral buyers out there are probably trying to intentionally pay under market. They're probably trying to flip, you know, flip the minerals to somebody else. And so the, you know, with that goes into, again, like we were talking about this, the sales system, but you know, the, there's high pressure sales. And a lot of times there's, you know, blatant misinformation that, that gets thrown out there. And, and so, fighting that battle of being in the same, you know, the same noise, quote unquote, of the rest of the, of the rest of the industry is difficult. So I think one of the things that I, every time that I talk to someone, whether they're in the industry or not, I'm always thinking about one thing more than most. So many times, and this is not energy specific or really, you know, sales specific or anything like that, but there are so many companies that thrive on the saying of, we act differently. We do things differently. We'll treat you the best. All, all, all these kind of things. And in practice, I think that 98 to 99 percent of the time, that falls on deaf ears, and that's like the first thing to go out the window. And so when I'm talking to somebody, you know, I'm genuinely trying to deliver them that promise. Genuinely trying to do things differently. And so what that means to me is listening intently to them listening to what their needs are and, and working with the equity partners that I have and the other partners, the logistical partners that I have to make the deal make the most sense. And so to your point about, you know, people bringing me leads or, or, or being kind of the, this voice that people can, can talk to, I think that a lot of it comes through, through this prism of I'm not picking up the phone to try to get a deal done. I'm picking up the phone to try to understand what they're trying to get out of the deal because some people, you know, they need a cash call, so they want to sell. Some people just want, you know, want a good partner to come develop their land or develop their minerals, and they're willing to play ball, but no one else has wanted to listen to them because it's, you know, it's the, the mineral buying company or the highway or you know, any number of things, right? And so I think a lot of it comes down to just listening to the person at the other side of the table. And, and responding in kind, you know, so like I said, you know, so if there's someone that calls me that is doing something that's outside my purview, my job then is to go find the people that are the best at what that person needs and put the piece of the puzzle together and then step out of the way and let the experts do what they do. Let's talk about that because one of the things um, you mentioned there was doing things outside of, out of what you normally do, which is obviously we're both you know, heavily involved in oil and gas energy space. Um, you know, 
we were we were talking last night and I was joking about I'd transport lobsters if the deal was right, you know. <laughs> and there's some truth in that. There's plenty of things that I don't have a desire to do. Um but there's also plenty of things that I'm not even aware of that are not not even on the radar right now that I would that I would want to do. And I think that's part of this process of being someone who likes being involved with deals and doing things is is that I was trying to explain it to someone one time. You know, if you meet if you meet someone who's a carpenter um, or a painter, you know they're very proud of their painting or the cabinets or the house or whatever it is. Uh, for someone who likes doing deals, they're proud of the fact that they brought this person in, they went and made this meeting, all these things that you can't put on, you can't build, you can't show, you can't build a monument to. I guess it's just, you know, you made this phone call, you sent this text at six thirty at night, and you thought two hours later you remembered you need to send this email and. It's all this weird little silly stuff, but that's what actually you're proud of, um, and that's what I think separates probably the the people who like to do deals from the ones who don't. Is that there's no there's no real tangible result. I mean, obviously there's a there's a check or something like that at the end, but but through the process you can't you can't really document it. It's just you you know, like you say someone comes to you and you did this and then you did that and and if you if someone sat down and asked you all the things that you do to put this deal together some of it would look very logical and very methodical and some of it would be like you know what i didn't know what to do so i just called this guy up and i said hey you know what do you what can you do for me here no absolutely uh, and to your point earlier by the way i, I didn't i didn't really bring it up because i think we could uh, do an entire podcast on just this subject but the but the concept that you know the, the kind of the new thing or the new popular thing is to be your own boss and be an entrepreneur and all those things. You know, I, I would echo what you said earlier. You know, th- that is not for everyone. You know, th- this lifestyle is not for everyone. It sounds all grandiose and sounds luxurious, but at the end of the day, I mean, that means that you know, I'm if, if my phone rings, I'm I'm answering it. If, if I get an email, it doesn't matter what time of day, it doesn't matter what day it is. I, I you know I'm going to respond because you know if if this thing goes silent. I'm not making any money, right? And so in order to keep that pipeline, in order to keep not only the pipeline full, but also to keep the trust of people like yourself and also the ear of people like yourself and other partners, I need to be constantly plugged in. And so I know that by putting myself out there in this context of being the guy that people can come to to put these deals together in creative ways, I know that that's inviting more stress and more workload on myself, right? But that's where I thrive and that's, you know, that's what I'm good at. But there's a lot of people that, you know, want to check in nine to five, nine to six, Monday through Friday and, and call it a day or take the half day on Friday and, and take a three day weekend. And, and those, you know, that's a trade off that, that you and I mm-hmm. have made. And, and I think that, I think that you and I have are both very happy with the decision that we've made, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that, that wouldn't necessarily be able to, or, or even want to do that. Yeah. No, um, no, I, I, I think you're right. Is the the fact that the phone is basically an extension of your body is, is and, and you see that more probably today with there's a lot of there's a lot more people who have obviously everyone's got a smartphone today and most people have their email, but it is it is a little bit different. Um, the urgency of the response, the the um, you know what you you got to get back to this. It can't wait thirty minutes, um, or you don't know if it can wait thirty minutes, so you have to pick up the phone just to check, just to make sure. Um, and it definitely, you know, causes problems when 1130 at night, you're sitting there watching Netflix and the phone goes off, you know, you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta pick this up and check it here. Um, okay. Let's see here. Anything else that you wanted to hit on, on this first kind of just rambling episode of kind of going through of, you know, just various things of who we are and and what, what, what we're doing here. Yeah. Nate, Nate definitely has his work cut out for him. He's going to have fun. (laughs) Um, 
No, I don't think so. I'm really looking forward to getting into this. I think that you and I are going to have a lot of fun with it, but I also think there's going to be a lot of value for the listeners. I'm looking forward to hearing the feedback. And that's actually one thing that I think is going to help us more than anything. And I think a lot of podcasts say this, but in this environment and with what you and I are working on with this podcast specifically, a lot of the success of this podcast and a lot of, of the content is going to be driven from feedback that we get from viewers and you know calls that, that we're getting based on you know, someone that's listened to it or, or mm-hmm. has a deal, mm-hmm. those kind of things, because we, you know, we're going to be able to be flexible enough within this podcast structure to, you know, if we want to take a couple, three episodes to talk about one specific deal that we're working on, because it's in the final stages, we can do that. Or if we, you know, want to bring in some guests, uh, you know, in kind of some ancillary markets to just t- uh, teach us a little bit more about what they've got going on and kind of some market trends, etc. I, I think that that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to learning a lot as well, you know, through, through this process. I think it's going to be good. Um, yeah, I, I, I would appreciate if you would stop uh, telling people that I'm like the greatest thing since I don't know what, because that just makes my, <laughs> that's gonna make my job easier. But other than that, I, mean, I, think we're, I think we're off to a good start. Okay. And the final thing I would want to echo is one of the things that, that, that's tough for me. Uh, you know, we talk about the easy things, the phone's pretty easy. The toughest thing for me is when you're doing deals is that you have to trust people and you have to trust them. It's, we didn't meet that night at the Rangers ballpark, and I, I handed you an NDA and said, "Hey, you got to sign this. Um, here's also a no compete. Here's a you know this. Here's this." We had to, and, and, and we haven't signed anything like that to date. You have to build up a level of trust. Now, obviously, at certain points, there will be contracts signed for certain deals that we're looking at. But uh, and I think that's one of the things that that that's kind of the hardest part of what we do is that you don't know who you can trust and you don't know who you can't trust, and. Um, you have to put yourself out there because you are exposing yourself to, um, you know, you're, you're exposing your network to other people and, and, you know, you know, um, you know, if they go behind your back or, or work around you. And so while we say there's a lot of, there's a lot of things I love about the business, I love about doing, uh, putting things together. That for me is the, is the hardest part is when do you, you know, how do you balance this, um, you know, my, my motto is DTA, don't trust anyone. You know, how, how do you start with DTA and then get to, okay, I'm going to bring Ben Samuels in for this deal? Absolutely. No, and that's, I mean, that's, hey, if, if you get the answer to that question, call me. I, I'd love to hear it. That, that, is a, <laughs> that is one of those things that's out there consistently. It's, it's, it's always, you know, always ever present in your mind when you're looking at a deal. Um, I think one of the things that I probably told you that night at the Rangers game, and this has been something that I've been focused on for now, uh, maybe about a year or so, maybe a little bit longer than that, with, an, with a serious focus, I've almost become evangelical about this cause of I want to work with people that want to treat the other people that they're working with right. They want to move quickly. They want to look at deals. They want to, they want to make things happen. They want to move. They want to shake things up. And, and, they're, and they're willing to be creative and flexible and willing to put in the work. And so, you know, I'm, you know, I, I do take a lot of trips to Houston and Dallas and Oklahoma City and Denver and these other places consistently meeting with new people. And it's a pretty, you know, if you're looking at the funnel in terms of the funnel people of people that I end up talking to, to people that I end up working on deals with, I mean, it's a pretty aggressive funnel because once you get to the point where you're, you know, talking to someone about a deal outside of an NDA, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a certain level of trust that I don't have with very many people. And that's not to say that that, that doesn't exist. Um, you know, but there, I think there's ways around those things. I think that you obviously got to be smart, right? You know, that there's certain times to paper up everything and there, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of relationships that I trust someone implicitly, but it just, you know, we've got to put this on contract and, and it is what it is. That's just how the world sure. works these days. But I think the ability 
here, here's what I think is really invaluable. The ability for me to call you at any point, uh, you know, whether it's 2 a.m. or not. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, <laughs> no, no. The, the, the ability for me to call you at any time and say, hey, Ryan, I'm thinking about X, Y, or Z. You know, I know this is a little bit outside the fairway, but here's what I'm looking at. What do you think? And being able for you, you know, to know that you're going to, number one, respond in kind. I'm going to get valuable, valuable feedback. But whether or not you know who I'm talking about or not, I don't have to worry about about anything happening on the right. back end, right? And right. so I think that that's, that's incredibly valuable. And it sounds so granular. It sounds so basic. But like mm-hmm. just having that level of trust. Remember I called you a few, a few weeks ago and I, and I was just pitching on a couple of random like mm-hmm. box things. And I was just like, hey, listen, like I, I just thought about this. Talk me through this. And we talked about it for about 40 minutes. And those are the conversations that I love. And you only get to that point if you've, you know, if on the front end you prove that you can be that trustworthy, right? And, and then you can get to that point. And I think you only, and again, I know I've said this a bunch of times, but I think you only get there if you're intently listening to the other person and you're really engaged. Because mm-hmm. it, it comes from a point of, of mutual understanding and, and a, you know, a win-win. If you call me at 2 a.m., you don't no tell what you're going to get. This kid just going to say it right now. You may get the... If I call you at 2 a.m., I feel like like the wife's going to answer or something. Yeah, like the wife. If you wake the baby up, you're going to be in trouble. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, good stuff. Listeners, we don't have a website yet. It will be coming up. If you like this first one, go to iTunes. We only accept five-star reviews um, and tell me how awesome I am. And I, wish there was how- a review. I wish there was like a, a co-host review and like a regular host review so I could like I could get the fives, you could get the fours. Oh. You're laying down the gauntlet first episode. I like that. And by the like way, um, I believe for Nate's sake, I believe that by the time this airs, unless he's super f- quick, excuse my my language, but if the, by the time this airs, we probably will have a website up. Do we have a domain, by the way? No, that's... <laughs> I, yeah, I could go pick that up here. We can pick it up. We can talk about that when we get offline. Um, okay, and then for listeners, you know, obviously we'll link to Ben's profile, my profile in the show notes, so you can check that out. Um, you know, a couple of things that we're going to talk about, I know, is this idea that Ben always talks about is hit a lot of singles. My idea is I want to hit 600 home runs and bat 285. Um, you know, and what does that mean and how does that look? How do you determine whether something's worth chasing or not? We talked a little bit about the sales idea, um, but there's all kinds of stuff we're going to get into. But in the meantime, you can connect with us on LinkedIn. When the website's up, you can connect with us there. Let us know, as Ben said, what are some things that you might be interested in Um between now and and if you've got you know if you're if you're sitting here and you're listening to the podcast and and you're you know when ryan started talking about oh one of these guys in the field that's got you know a deal flow but doesn't know where to take it if a light bulb went off in your head you know call ryan or i send us an email we want we want to follow up with you yeah holler at your boy we'll hook you up uh make sure it's done right and take good care of you ben is great to finally get this you know we actually have this our second podcast to record the first one just has actually not aired yet so there is another podcast out there i I figured that was just put in the lost files i figured that wasn't ever going to see the the light of day i don't know no it's it's in the queue for the long guys contractors connect it's uh but it's it's not there we put the worst episodes last and so it's you're you're coming you're coming it's it's a long way to go <laughs> it's almost 2020 where what, what's you know and hey, I, mean, I, I know i know nate worked quick so you're probably the one telling him not to air it yet, right? <laughs> i can either confirm nor deny what the problem I'm is on to you sir i'm on to you that's, that's why i had to get a podcast with you so that i, so I had more control you, I, get you, your, know. you, you get your own message out there yeah we have had a lot of folks that have reached out to this podcast we really do appreciate it and um 
I guess with that being said, we'll be back next week, huh, Ben? Yes, sir. Until then, listeners, thank you so much. Rating, review, and iTunes would be greatly appreciated. Or connect with Ben and I on LinkedIn. Show notes is where you can find that at. Until next time. T-Mobile for Business, unconventional thinking means we see things differently so you can focus on what matters most. That's why we've become the leader in 5G, number one in customer satisfaction, and a partner who includes 5G in every plan so you get it all. Unconventional thinking is better for business. Open Signal awards T-Mobile as America's fastest 5G network USA. 5G user experience report July 2021. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some users may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Hi, I'm Pete. I'm an IT manager slash superhero. Pete, bad news. Uh, what happened? I put a very expensive latte on top of my car, drove off, and it spilled. It's bad. How's that my problem? Oh, my laptop was up there, too. <laughs> uh, okay, that's why we use connection services to manage our cloud. Everything's backed up. I can access your stuff remotely. You won't miss a meeting. I really wanted that latte, Pete. For hardware, software, support, and empathy. For Pete's sake, connect with Connection.